0: Chapter 5 of The Imperialist by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. It was confidently expected by the Murchison family that when Stella was old enough, she would be a good deal in society. Stella, without doubt, was well equipped for society. She had exactly those qualities which appealed to it in Elgin, among which I will mention two the quality of being able to suggest that she was quite as good as anybody without saying so and the even more important quality of not being any better other things being equal those common worldly standards that prevailed in elgin as well as anywhere else in their degree other things being equal this second simple quality was perhaps the most important of all mr and mrs murchison made no claim and small attempt upon society one doubts whether with children coming fast and hard times long at the door they gave the subject much consideration but if they did it is highly unlikely to have occurred to them that they were too good for their environment yet in a manner they were it was a matter of quality of spiritual and mental fabric They were hardly aware that they had it but it marked them with a difference and a difference is the one thing a small community accustomed comfortably to scan its own intelligible averages will not tolerate the unusual may take on an exaggeration of these an excess of money an excess of piety is understood But idiosyncrasy susceptible to no common translation is regarded with the hostility earned by the white crow, modified among law abiding humans into tacit repudiation. It is a sound enough social principle to distrust that which is not understood, like the strain of temperament inarticulate but vaguely manifest in the Murchisons. Such a strain may any day produce an eccentric or a genius emancipated from the common interests possibly inimical to the general good and when later on your genius takes flight or your eccentric sells all that he has and gives it to the poor his fellow-townsmen exchange shrewd nods before the vindicating fact nobody knew it at all in elgin but this was the murchison's case they had produced nothing abnormal, but they had to prove that they weren't going to, and Stella was the last and most convincing demonstration. Edvina, bookish and unconventional, was regarded with dubiety. She was out of the type. She had queer satisfactions and enthusiasms. Once as a little girl she had taken a papoose from a drunken squaw and brought it home for her mother to adopt mrs murchison's reception of the suggested duty may be imagined also the comments of acquaintances a trick like that the inevitable hour arrived when she should be instructed on the piano and the second time the music teacher came her pupil was discovered on the roof of the house with the ladder drawn up after her she did not wish to learn the piano and from that point of vantage informed her family that it was a waste of money she would hide in the hayloft with a novel she would be off by herself in a canoe at six o'clock in the morning she would go for walks in the rain of windy october twilights and be met kicking the wet leaves along in front of her in a dream no one could dream with impunity in elgin except in bed mothers of daughters sympathized in good set terms with mrs murchison if that girl were mine they would say and leave you with a stimulated notion of the value of corporal punishment when she took to passing examinations and teaching Elgin considered that her parents ought to be thankful in the probability that she had escaped some dramatic end. But her occupation further removed her from intercourse with the town's more exclusive circles. She had taken a definite line, and she pursued it, preoccupied. If she was a brand snatched from the burning, she sent up a little curl of reflection in a safe place where she was not further interrupted abby inheriting all these prejudices had nevertheless not done so badly she had taken no time at all to establish herself she had almost immediately married in the social estimates of elgin the johnsons were nice people Dr. Henry was a fine old figure in the town, and Abby's chances were good enough. At all events, when she opened her doors as a bride, receiving for three afternoons in her wedding dress, everybody had called. It was very distinctly understood, of course, that this was a civility that need not lead to anything whatever, a kind of bowing recognition, to be formally returned, and quite possibly to end there with abby in a good many cases it hadn't ended there she was doing very well and as she often said with private satisfaction if she went out anywhere she was just as likely as not to meet her brothers elgin society shaping itself i suppose to ultimate increase and prosperity had this peculiarity that the females of a family in general acceptance were apt to lag far behind the males Alec and oliver enjoyed a good deal of popularity and it was stella's boast that if lorne didn't go out much it needn't be supposed he wasn't asked it was an accepted state of things in elgin that young men might be invited without their sisters implying an imperturbability greater than london's since london may not be aware of the existence of sisters while elgin knew all sorts of more interesting things about them the young men were more desirable than the young women they forged ahead carrying the family's fortunes and the nicest of them were the young men in the banks others might be more substantial but there was an allure about a young man in a bank as difficult to define as to resist to say of a certain party giver that she had about every bank clerk in town was to announce the success of her entertainment in ultimate terms these things are not always penetrable but no doubt his gentlemanly form of labor and its abridgment in the afternoons when other young men toiled on till the stroke of six had something to do with this apotheosis of the bank clerk as well as his invariable taste in tailoring and the fact that some local family influence was probably represented in his appointment privilege has always its last little stronghold and it still operates to admiration on the office stools of minor finance in towns like elgin at all events the sprouting tellers and cashiers held unquestioned sway young doctors and lawyers simply didn't think of competing and since this sort of thing carries its own penalty the designation which they shared with so many distinguished persons in history became a byword on the lips of envious persons and small boys by which they wished to express effeminacy and the substantive of the stuck-up d'ye take me for a bank clerk was a form of repudiation among corner loafers as forcible as it was unjustifiable i seem to have embarked by way of getting to the milburns party there is a party at the milburns and some of us are going upon an analysis of social principles in elgin an adventure of difficulty as i have once or twice hinted but one from which i cannot well extricate myself without at least leaving a clue or two more for the use of the curious no doubt these rules had their nucleus in the half-dozen families among whom we may count the shadowy plumbers who took upon themselves for fox county by the king's pleasure the administration of justice the practice of medicine and of the law and the performance of the charges of the church of england a long time ago such persons would bring their lines of demarcation with them and in their new milieu of backwood settlers and small traders would find no difficulty in drawing them again but it was a very long time ago the little knot of gentry folk soon found the limitations of their new conditions years went by in decades aggrandizing none of them they took perforce to the ways of the country and soon nobody kept a groom but the doctor and nobody dined late but the judge there came a time when the sheriff's whist club and the archdeacon's port became a tradition to the oldest inhabitant trade flourished education improved politics changed her majesty removed her troops the dominion wouldn't pay a poor-spirited business and a bulwark went with the regiment the original dignified group broke dissolved scattered prosperous traders foreclosed them the spirit of the times defeated them young liberals succeeded them in office their grandsons married the daughters of well-to-do persons who came from the north of ireland the east of scotland and the lord knows where it was a sorry tale of disintegration with a cheerful sequel of rebuilding leading to a little unavoidable confusion as the edifice went up any process of blending implies confusion to begin with we are here at the making of a nation this large consideration must dispose of small anomalies such as the acceptance without cant of certain forms of the shop euphemized as the store but containing the same old vertebral counter not all forms dry goods were held in respect and chemists in comparative esteem house furnishings and hardware made an appreciable claim and quite a leading family was occupied with seed grains groceries on the other hand were harder to swallow possibly on account of the apron though the grocer's apron being of linen had several degrees more consideration than the shoemaker's which was of leather smaller trades made smaller pretensions mrs milburn could tell you where to draw the line they were all hard-working folk together but they had their little prejudices the dentist was known as doc but he was not considered quite on a medical level it was doubtful whether you bowed to the piano tuner and quite a curious and unreasonable contempt was bound up in the word veterinary Anything wholesale or manufacturing stood, of course, on its own feet. There was nothing ridiculous in molasses, nothing objectionable in a tannery, nothing amusing in soap. Such airs and graces were far from Elgin, too fundamentally occupied with the amount of capital invested, and too profoundly aware how hard it was to come by. The valuable part of it all was a certain bright freedom and this was of the essence trade was a decent communal way of making a living rooted in independence and the general need it had none of the meaner aspects your bow was negligible to the piano tuner and everything veterinary held up its head and all this again qualified as everywhere by the presence or absence of the social faculty that magnetic capacity for coming, as Mrs. Murchison would say, to the fore, which makes little of disadvantages that might seem insuperable, and in default renders null and void the most unquestionable claims. Any one would think of the Delarue's. Mr. Delarue had in the dim past married his milliner, yet the Delarue's were now very much indeed to the fore and on the other hand the leverettes of the sawmills rich and benevolent the leverettes were not in society simply if you analyzed it because they did not appear to expect to be in it certainly it was well not to be too modest assuredly as mrs murchison said you put your own ticket on though that dear soul never marked herself in very plain figures not knowing perhaps for one thing quite how much she was worth on the other hand scarce of company welcome trumpery mrs murchison always emphatically declared to be no part of her social philosophy the upshot was that the murchisons were confined to a few old friends and looked as we know half-humorously half-ironically for more brilliant excursions to stella and the boys it was only however the pleasure of mr lorne murchison's company that was requested at the Milburns' dance almost alone among those who had slipped into wider and more promiscuous circles with the widening of the stream the milburns had made something like an effort to hold out the resisting power was not thought to reside in mr milburn who was personally aware of no special ground for it but in mrs milburn and her sister miss who seem to have inherited the strongest ideas in the phrase of the place about keeping themselves to themselves a strain of this kind is sometimes constant even so far from the fountain-head with its pleasing proof that such views were once the most general and the most sacred defense of middle-class firesides and that thackeray had after all a good deal to excuse him crossing the atlantic they doubtless suffered some dilution but all that was possible to conserve them under very adverse conditions mrs milburn and miss filkin made it their duty to do nor were these ideas opposed contested or much traversed in elgin it was recognized that there was something about mrs milburn and her sister vaguely felt that you did not come upon that thinness of nostril and slope of shoulder and set of elbow at every corner they must have got it somewhere a filkin tradition prevailed said to have originated in nova scotia the filkins never had been accessible but if they wanted to keep to themselves let them in this respect dora milburn the only child was said to be her mother's own daughter the shoulders at all events testified to it and the young lady had been taught to speak like mrs milburn with what was known as an english accent the accent in general use in elgin was borrowed let us hope temporarily from the other side of the line It suffered local modifications and exaggerations, but it was clearly an American product. The English accent was thoroughly affected, especially the broad A. The time may come when Elgin will be at considerable pains to teach itself the broad A, but that is in the embroidery of the future and in no way modifies the criticism of Dora Milburn. Lorne Murchison, however, was invited to the dance the invitation reached him through the post coming home from office early on saturday he produced it from his pocket mrs murchison and abby sat on the veranda enjoying the indian summer afternoon the horse chestnuts dropped crashing among the fallen leaves the roadside maples blazed the quiet streets ran into smoky purple and one belated robin hopped about the lawn mrs murchison had just remarked that she didn't know why at this time of year you always felt as if you were waiting for something well i hope you feel honored remarked abby not one of them would have thought that lorne should feel especially honored but the insincerity was so obvious that it didn't matter mrs murchison cocking her head to read the card tried hard not to look pleased mrs milburn at home she read dancing well she might be at home dancing for all me why couldn't she just write you a little friendly note or let dora do it it's that ormiston case she went on shrewdly they know you're taking a lot of trouble about it and the least they could do too lorne sat down on the edge of the veranda with his hands in his trousers pockets and stuck his long legs out in front of him oh i don't know he said they have the name of being nifty but i haven't got anything against the milburns name ejaculated mrs murchison how long ago was it the episcopalians began that sewing-circle business for the destitute clergy of saskatchewan mother put in Abby with deprecation well i won't be certain about the clergy but i tell you it had to do with saskatchewan for that i remember and anyhow the first meeting was held at the milburns members lent their drawing-rooms well mrs Leverett and mrs delarue went to the meeting they were very thick just then the leverets and the Delarues. They were so pleased to be going that they got there about five minutes too soon and they were the first to come well they rang the bell and in they went the girl showed them into the front drawing-room and asked them to sit down and there in the back drawing-room sat mrs milburn and miss Filkin, and never spoke to them took not the smallest notice any more than if they had been stray cats not so much their own denomination mind you too and there they might have been sitting still if mrs leverett hadn't had the spirit to get up and march out no thank you no milburns for me lorne watched his mother with twinkling eyes till she finished well mother after that if it was going to be a sewing circle i think i'd send an excuse he said but, maybe they won't be so mean at a dance. End of chapter Five.